This is the EPFR Exchange Podcast. All opinions expressed by Cam, Todd, and our podcast guests are solely of their own opinion and do not reflect the opinion of EPFR or Informa, its parent company. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the EPFR Exchange Podcast. My name is Todd Willits, and I'm joined by EPFR's economist Cameron Brandt. We'll walk you through what our teams were monitoring last week in the data EPFR tracks, as well as what we'll look for in the upcoming week. Cam, good morning. Uh, we never touched on it, but that big win by Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, did you end up uh, enjoying that as much as other New England fans did? Yeah, as a matter of fact, it was my once a year um, time to slump down on the sofa with some guacamole and chips and, and watch one of the national games. Um, yeah, you couldn't help but cheer for somebody who, <laughs> even if he isn't quite as old as me, uh, is still rolling back the years. Well, normally we would be cheering record inflows into equity funds because I feel like that would normally signal the good times keep on rolling. Uh, a little different this time around, a year into the pandemic here in the U.S. and a little over the uh, year in uh, globally. We're hitting new record highs in various indices, but outside of the stock market, not everything's so cheery. So let me ask you, why the big record inflows into equity funds? From from where I sit, it was sort of more of a tactical reaction to uh, a burst of optimism that uh, the new administration uh, will not only get its uh, full uh, 1.9 trillion stimulus package, uh, but could actually get it quite quickly, which means that uh, yet more stimulus will be fl- flowing through the U.S. Uh, economy, um, certainly by the middle of the year. Um, There was a second tailwind out there, which was that, uh, uh, and this is partly due to very low expectations, but uh, U.S. corporations have been uh, having a a banner fourth quarter earnings season for the most part. Obviously, there are some exceptions, um, but they've handily exceeded those fairly low expectations. And uh, people who, uh, investors who held back because uh, they thought the lower uh, reads were the right ones, I think, are are sort of scrambling to uh, make up a bit of lost ground. Uh, but I, I agree with you that um, even though we have talked a fair bit about the sort of global reflation story uh, and in more normal times, we would be uh, looking for the the bullish elements in, in uh, such a large uh, influx of fresh money. Um, There's the a macro backdrop and the continuing grip of the pandemic, especially in Europe and some emerging markets. Uh, means you do have to view these numbers with a fair degree of caution. So you mentioned Europe there. It seems like there's been some interesting activity on the continent with money market outflows and and then some inflows into several country fund groups. Are we seeing sh- some shifting sentiment or is there a, a market that you think is is really driving a lot of that attention? Yeah, and, and, and it's not one that usually springs to your lips uh, in these kinds of conversations. 
um, with uh, Mario Draghi uh, about to uh, embark on a new act uh, in his seemingly one-man effort to save Europe from itself. Um, The focus on Italy has been... uh, very intense and uh, very good for both Italy equity and bond funds. Um, there is certainly a broad sense that not only is he maybe the last best hope for Italy uh, pulling together a, a rational strategy for breaking the miserable cycle that has been stuck in now for well over a decade, um, but there's a thought that with him back uh, on the European stage that uh, some of his magic uh, and, and his sort of general level-headedness when dealing with the major challenges will uh, inform the broader European debate. So um, I think it was a, a week where we, we got very clear proof that uh, Mario's magic uh, still has some shelf life. Well, one of the the fun groups that we monitor and and seems to also still have some shelf life are these technology funds. So I'm not often confused, but this time around is an exception. Uh, what's going on? It is are are these are investors ignoring kind of the conditions around regulations and just pouring money into this fund group because of the long-term ride? I think uh, confusion (laughs) is a good descriptor to throw into the mix when discussing uh, technology sector funds. Certainly the narrative when we kicked off the year was that you know, the the best was behind them, that uh, last year's banner performance tied to um, the, the pandemic's effect in accelerating uh, adoption of, of trends and pushing them rapidly towards some kind of conclusion um, was not going to be sustained, that uh, the large profits, um, uh, the, the grow, you know, the growing monopoly of the uh, major players um, uh, and some very real issues that uh, their business models had thrown up uh, was and is going to trigger a, a regulatory backlash um, and some significant tax raids by, um, you know, money-hungry national governments. Um, While it's still true that uh, I I think this is going to be a tougher year, uh, both uh, here and in Europe and China for the big um, players, uh, the fact that uh, profit growth was still so strong in the fourth quarter has, has, I think, reminded the investing public that uh, you you, uh, undersell uh, tech at your own peril, or certainly peril to your your uh, bottom line, um, and that the sheer pace of their innovation uh, can keep them ahead of those regulators and taxation uh, bodies, uh, you know, far longer than uh, the headlines might suggest. Um, so, you know, again, I think it was a little bit tactical that that, that the earnings um, and the, the uh, boost that the U.S. economy is expected to get uh, if this uh, third stimulus package uh, does sort of um, get signed and, uh, and deployed uh, by the end of the quarter, 
um, played a big role in, in those eye-catching numbers we saw. But I think there is uh, a, a, also a kicking of the tires about just uh, how much uh, uh, the, the regulator, regulatory threats uh, will actually turn into uh, meaningful curbs, certainly this year. So, Cam, I had a chance to read through the newest Quants Corner by uh, our in-house uh, team lead, Syed Baronian. Uh, great article. If you haven't yet read it, for any of those listeners, you can head to financialintelligence.informa.com, and you can find the Quants Corner article there. Uh, I wanted to touch on the the topic there a little bit here. Um, so this week it was, in essence, are we uh, are we expecting volatility? to come back in a real way? Um, is volatility coming out of the doldrums? So my question to you, Cam, would be, uh, do you think that volatility is going to be returning in a real way and measured by by what measurement? Right. Uh, so um, the short answer is yes, that uh, not only do I expect to see higher levels of, of what might be called visible volatility this year, but uh, as Syed's uh, piece illustrates, uh, I think there's more, uh, we think there's more underlying volatility than sort of the official numbers and narrative capture. Um, what what Syed did was dig into our our multi asset fund flows, uh, and and flows to a variety of, of asset oriented fund groups, uh, and 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 calculate you know how rapidly both investors and managers are rotating between uh, different asset classes. Um, and what he discovered is that the pace has picked up significantly. Um, his conclusion is that uh, you know, the, the, the tension between uh, the reflation narrative and fears that uh, this reflation will come with more inflation than uh, Certainly, national uh, central banks uh, think it will um, is uh, <laughs> uh, making it hard for um, fund managers and 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 investors to um, get a good fix on the right balance. Um, but we have actually, you know, we've also been seeing it in a very sort of uh, raw level uh, in some of the fund groups already this year. Um, while you know some like China and global equity funds and indeed technology sector funds have been um, enjoying uh, high and consistent inflows, there are a fair number of fund groups, especially uh, in some of the sort of national fixed income uh, space, uh, which have really been so, seeing pretty big swings week to week. Um, also true in Europe, uh, an area where um, getting a fix on on uh, just where its economy will be uh, in the second half of the year uh, is a very challenging prospect. So, Cam, what are you and the team going to be looking at this week? Well, a couple of areas uh, we're going to be spending a bit of time on. Um, uh, one asset class that has been doing very well of late is uh, convertible bonds. Um, 
And uh, it, it is one of those areas where when I talked with the rest of the team, we realized we didn't know as much and hadn't paid as much attention to um, convertible bonds uh, as perhaps we ought to. So I'm going to devote a bit of time to trying to understand them better and see if there are some signals <coughs> um, uh, in that particular fund group. Um, and uh, another thing that uh, has happened in the past few weeks is that the enthusiasm for emerging markets, which you and I have been talking about for quite a while now, uh, has begun to um, trickle down uh, to the frontier market level, uh, frontier markets funds, which <clears throat> had a long, fairly dismal run. <clears throat> uh, through last year and into this one uh, because of the trade tensions and then um, the pandemic have uh, been enjoying very healthy inflows recently. Um, Vietnam, funds dedicated to Vietnam uh, stand out. Um, but obviously when investors are sort of reaching uh, into the riskiest corners uh of uh, an asset class. It's something you need to pay attention to. Um, so uh, we're going to be taking sort of a look at, at some of those markets and again, seeing uh, you know, if we can see any correlations or signals relative to um, less risky um, groupings within the emerging markets universe. Great. Thanks, Cam. Have a great week. You too. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the EPFR Exchange podcast. For more information or to suggest a topic for a future podcast, please visit epfr.com slash podcast.